On to something completely different here on SAFM Sports Special and uh, an absolute pleasure to welcome her back into studio once again today. We've chatted before here on SAFM Sports Special and we were trying to figure out uh, just a while ago how long ago it was. But uh, wonderful to be able to welcome uh, into the studios here in Auckland Park, Katlejo Leteo. Welcome onto SAFM Sports Special once again. Great to have you in studio. Thank you so much for having me back. Um, it's been, what, two years? I think so. I, I I've been doing a lot of work since, so... And I've got a mind like a goldfish, <laughs> so to try and figure this out. But let, let, let me give a bit of background so, so people know who you are and, and what you do. You you come from a, 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 I wouldn't say a sporting background by any stretch of the imagination, nope. but you've had the, the mountaineering bug bite you in a big way. It, yeah, and it that's, did. And that's become your passion. And it, it's crazy because this happened in my early 20s. Um, I grew up in a little village around the Pilonisberg, and we had the most amazing hiking trails just in our backyard, but we never explored them because of the mythical, um, you know, things that we heard around the village, that there's a big snake sort of guarding the mountain. If you ever go in there, you know, you're going to get into trouble. Only to move to Cape Town a few years ago to explore rock climbing and all of these things that I was never exposed to and literally a few months later I was on top of Africa and that's where the bug started Um, and it's been a crazy crazy journey that has been so amazing last year I would have wanted to attempt Everest but obviously with the funding and restrictions that go with that I wasn't able to so I'm very happy to be back this year because everything I'm all ready and set to go. And you're back. You, you mentioned the funding to climb Everest last year. You're back with good news. You've, you've managed to secure funding. The goal is set. Everything's in place. In the next year, you are attempting to summit the seven highest summits on all seven continents. Correct. And that is in three months' time. On the 1st of April, I'm leaving for Nepal, uh, and we're going to be attempting to, to summit the highest peak on Earth. And... You know, I've got the best supporting team behind me. I'm training. Every time when people get up to work to go and go to work, I get up to go to the stadium because my trainer is Jeff Lansky of the Highfield Cricket Lions. And so we're really sort of making sure that everything is not living, you know, we're not leaving anything to chance. We're giving it our best, you know, chance and our best effort um, given everything and given how hard it is to get to this point. We got funded by the National uh, Lotteries Board. Um... And so this, these are public funds. We don't want to mess it up. Um, so I'm very excited. This adventure that you, you're going on, uh, I mean, this whole thing, it wasn't long ago that it started. 2008, you, you, you started sort of yeah. climbing. So it, it's not long. It's not even a decade. If I came to you in 2004, 10 years ago, or 2005, 10 years ago, and said to you, this is where you'd be sitting, Saturday afternoon, it's 10th of January, 2015, you'd be on radio, national radio in South Africa, talking about taking on the seven summits, what would you have said to me? You're so crazy. <laughs> that is what white people do. We don't do that. You know, we're black. If you're not watching soccer at home, <laughs> you're crazy. If you're lucky enough to go to the stadium and watch Bafana Bafana, that's, you know, that's kind of like the aspiration mm. that was about 10 years ago. Really, I'm, I'm not joking when I say this. Um, it's, it's been such a journey and also for me it was just transforming my mind because I grew up with severe asthma and just making the distinction that it wasn't asthma that was keeping me away from the sport it was fitness was just mind blowing on its own mm. and to sort of go from where I was to where I am and also uh, you know as a black female we struggle with our weight and 
being able to climb and, and, and realize that it's more of a mental game than it is about being skinny or being a certain weight was just life-changing for me. And so I'm here sort of just wanting to sort of say to everyone who's listening, if you put your mind into it, it can happen. Right now, it started by walking. It started by hiking. It started by doing everything on low intensity. But I met up with Jeff, who's my trainer now, and his whole thing is if you can go at it for half an hour at the highest intensity possible, you're fit enough to do it. And so I'm sitting here in front of you feeling 100% confident that if I put my mind into it, the highest peak on earth is totally doable. It's been done by over 3,000 people worldwide. Um, so the idea that I'm attempting it is actually not that ridiculous as people kind of think or may assume or presume it to be. Why are you starting with the biggest one first? It's, 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 I'm not, this is actually a challenge because I'm not naturally a competitive person, but in Africa, no black female has done this. They've attempted, we've had Deshaun Daisel um, attempting it. She didn't make it to the top. I think she turned around at about 8,300, which was a, so sad because the mountain is only about 600 meters um, longer. Further than that, yeah. Further than that. And we had Sarah Kumalo attempting it last year, and then the avalanche happened on the south um, side. Everybody who attempted uh, from the south side didn't summit last year. So going at it now, the stakes are higher for me because I don't want to be a, another attempt story. Mm. I'm going to do everything that I can, obviously, to make it to the top. But, of course, doing so responsibly. Of course, if it means I'm risking my life because beyond 8,000 meters, your body starts to die. So it, it's all about how fast you can do it from that point forth. But, you know, I had the experience in Russia where my lungs just started packing up uh, fluid. Um, almost if I didn't turn around, I would have died from pneumonia. So it's a fine line between how your body reacts. Mm. That's why they always say it's always about whether the mountain lets you climb it. But the stakes are high for me. I I don't want to be just another attempt. I I would hopefully try to be um, a success story at this point. Mm. I find it interesting you say that after uh, 8,000 meters, it's almost like you need to do it as quickly as you can once you get there. I've never climbed any mountains, uh, and I, my, my knowledge is limited, but my dad summited Kili last year, and just in, in chatting to him, he was saying that when you get up to those higher altitudes, even if you want to go fast, your body doesn't allow you to. It's because the air is so thin, it's almost like breathing through a straw that you, you think you're taking a full full sort of breath in, but your lungs just don't fill up. How do you push hard when you get to those sort of levels? In actual fact, when you think about the higher altitudes beyond 7,000, you're better prepared for it because that's when you start using oxygen. With Kilimanjaro, you almost have to, you sort of have to push your own body without any sort of supplementary support to make it to the top. Mm. Um, but the other thing is you're carrying like four kilograms of um, oxygen on your back and you're beyond 8,000. Four kilograms can feel like 12 kilograms easily. Um, but at the same time, it's like your body's protecting you from, it's, it's communicating to you that you don't have enough oxygen. Mm. A lot of people kind of meet their demise on the mountain because they don't register and they don't sort of respect what their body's telling them. Um, and that's why they sort of, there's so much controversy about the medication that people take and climbers take. You take Dimox, you take Viagra, you take all of these things that are supposed to make your body receive oxygen. Mm. Um, so it's a fine line because in more cases than, 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 than reported, a lot of people think that they're doing fine. 
but because they are on medication, how do they know? By the time they realize that actually, you know what, their body has not been receiving that much oxygen, it's too late. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a traumatic thing also for climbers because when they pass through beyond 8,000, they see so many dead bodies on their way up. And it's con- kind of like a constant reminder that you're either living or you're living, or dying or living. Mm. So you, it's a, I think it's a judgment call, and that's why people or climbers sort of get criticized for just doing Kilimanjaro and then go thinking that you're ready for, for Everest. You need to do so many other summits and attempts and technical climbing to sort of make an assessment on whether you're ready or not. Pilonsberg's a long way from the, the freezing sort of heights and peaks of, of Everest. I mean, Pilonsberg at the best of times is hot even in winter. Uh, it, the conditions are very, very different to what you're used to. Uh, they are. I mean, we have the warmest winters. But I think, you know, we grew up, at, you know, when I, I was 14, the whole country transformed and we were exposed to so many different to such a variety of sport and all of these things. And I remember in 1996, the first expedition to Everest, South African expedition to Everest, so uh, Kathy O'Dowd become the first woman from Africa make the summit. Um, but the media sort of focused on Bruce Harrod, who, who also died on the expedition. Um, and I, saw, I think that, that sort of brought the sport back like 20 years back mm. uh, because people wanted answers and they wanted to know what had happened to Bruce and really what happened was the mountain. And so 2003, we saw Sibu Vilani go and make, become the first um, black African to, to, to reach the peak. He did it again in 2005 with Ren Fines and reached the peak from the north side. And so for me, as a teenager in the Pilanesberg, I thought, oh, Jesus, this is doable. Mm. And I had to deal with my grandmother who said, why are you so crazy? Why do people do that? Don't listen to this guy. He may be black, but he doesn't get it. And so I, I think for me it's so important because I feel like there's a little message here that's um, under this sort of you can't limit yourself to a certain type of sport because that's what you've been exposed to when you were growing up. Um, it's all for us for the taking. You know, we grew, we're living literally in, in the time that is so, everything is so accessible for us. Mm. And so if you can dream it, you can do it. That's literally, I feel like I've always made the right decisions on the mountains. If you think about how upset about uh, Russia last year, I turned around at 4,700. Um, my body wasn't taking it. And I was very disappointed because Elbrus is 200 meters lower than Kilimanjaro. And I had summited Kilimanjaro mm. before. But you do have to respect the laws of nature. If you're not coping... You know, would you rather come back to tell the story versus die trying? Uh, yeah. It's it's a fine line to cross. And it is. It's a it's a, a dangerous sport. People people do die attempting these things. We're chatting to Katlejo Leteo, who's going to be attempting the seven summits on all seven continents, starting in April 2015 with Mount Everest. Just to give you a quick football update, Sunderland still trailing Liverpool by one goal to nil. They're into uh, injury time after the second half and the Sunderland fans streaming out, not happy uh, with a loss at home if it does stay this way. We've spoken about what happens on the mountain and and you've mentioned that it's a a very mental sort of game that that you have to be mentally strong and believe you can do it, but there is a huge physical component to this too. You got the news that you got funding just before Christmas last year. The first summit attempt is happening in April, so four and a half months from when you got the news that the money was in place to you heading to Nepal. Tell me what you need to do physically now to make sure you're ready for that summit attempt. A lot of cardio, 
um, because in addition to that, I'm someone who always is always borderline. The BMI is always an issue. I'm sort of doing a lot of cardio just to push to make sure that I'm at the right BMI when I. I attempt. always say I'm too short for my weight. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's the nicest <laughs> one I've heard. Um, but that's that's the issue that I have. I'm, I'm the too problem short is for I'm six weight. foot six. <laughs> well, lucky you. I'm only one point six seven meters tall, so I'm not as as tall as you are. But I have, you know. I, the first thing when I got the news, I said to Jeff, do you think we can do this? And Jeff said, you know what? I've trained some of the best athletes in my life. If you totally commit, we can. And this is the first time when I can sort of have, I'm taking a sabbatical. When my day job, I'm an IT auditor. Um, and for the next three months, I'm not going back to work because when I get up, I go to the gym. I do what I need to do. And then in the afternoons, I spend like from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock with Jeff at the stadium, at the prestigious uh, um, Wondra Stadium. And so it can be done. I needed to hear from professionals and people who've done this. And three months is more than sufficient times if you're putting in dedicated effort. Um, if you recall how I've done my previous summit, I was still working full time. So it would be a question of waking up early in the morning to go to the gym and then running to work and then coming back. If I still had the energy, I would sort of go for my walk. Now I've got a total 90 days to do that and dedicate my sort of all efforts into it. So it can be done. And in February, I'm going to Scotland just to focus on my ice climbing and doing all of this thing, the technical things that I wouldn't necessarily get exposure to while I'm at home. Talking of being at home, now that this is in place, people that you grew up with, your, your friends that you were at school with, that if you're still in contact with them, what do, what do they think of you doing this? They're all afraid. <laughs> um, it, it, it's a difficult because I've, I've also had to sort of make a decision for the next three months. I've decided that I'm going to totally be dumb and not lis- listen to reason. Um, anybody who's sort of too afraid or too scared that I'm doing this, I'm kind of, if you're not going to say, yeah, go do it, let's just not talk until it's, the event has happened. So that's kind of where I am right now because it's a mental game as much as it is a physical one. And if you hang around people who are too afraid and too concerned and too worried about what might happen, it doesn't really ha- it doesn't help. And so I'm sticking around with pro athletes and people who can sort of be supportive and join in on my hikes and my rock climbing expeditions while I'm at home. I love that because there's so many life lessons that you can take out of out of doing something. And, and what I get out of that is you become like the people you hang out with. And it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, if you hang out with people who are negative the whole time and pessimistic, you tend to be that way. But if you if you hang out with people who are positive and have a great outlook on life, that's the way you tend to be. And and just by spending a bit of time with you, that's that's the feeling I get from you. Is you this this eternal optimist? You you believe in yourself, and and this is going to get done. It's got to get done. And, and that's the thing that I've learned because if you recall when I, I met with you, I was just heading to South America and I was just doing so much of, you know, technical mountains in the belief that this was going to happen. But everybody around me was like, if you do Ecuador, definitely the volcanoes will give you the right sort of experience that you need. And I went on to Argentina to attend the highest peak in South America and I did so well. And because everybody sort of around me was saying, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. It really did sort of sort of reshape my outlook. I believe that I can do it. Even now, I was kind of like when we were going to meet with the National Lottery Board who are funding this project, and I was a bit, you know, 
out of shape and overweight and but I was confident because I had done the highest peaks out of the Himalayas and so when I talked to them I was confident that this is something that I could do because of the experience that I've acquired over the past few months and it's it's a mind game more than anything I love it. An- another another lesson, an important one that we can take out of this. You, you mentioned the funding coming from the National Lotteries Board. This wasn't your first attempt to get funding on this thing. Third time. Third time. <laughs> third time lucky. That's the saying, I think. Third time lucky, and this is one of the things that I appreciate about this journey because I've learned to be the business person. Also, you need to be able to to read and understand what the various organizations organizations would fund and how to qualify for that funding criteria. As a result, we're working with five different schools from the Bajanala district in the Rustenbeck area where I grew up. Um, and we're going to be taking them on hikes when we practice and taking them on rock climbing expeditions just so they can get the exposure uh, that it's not just the soccer, it's not just the cricket, it's not just the rugby, the mainstream sport. There's a lot more. I, the only person that I've ever known who does... Uh, who's a um, trail running ex- sort of uh, pro in South Africa is Ryan Sanders. Mm. And so just we're getting them this exposure. If Even if you get like two, three uh, kids who are interested and who show potential, our goal is to take them up Kilimanjaro because it's the easiest one that you can take someone who's an amateur. Um, it's the only mountain out of the seven summits that you can easily descend in a day's time to ground uh, if anything happens. And so we're trying to sort of get the momentum coming and, and getting them interested. And that's what ticked with the National Lottery Board. They don't care if one person wants to do this. But if you can reach a wider audience and reach more numbers, that's what they care about. And that's what I had to learn. Um, and last year I hadn't learned that lesson. Mm. So it's been 12 months later and I've gotten it now. So That's fantastic. Let's talk about the other summits. We, we've spoken at length about Everest. I think everyone sort of, that is the pinnacle, it is the highest, but the seven summits, the seven highest summits on each of the continents. You mentioned Kili as well. How, how many of the other summits have you attempted? How many have you done up until now? I've attempted about nine summits uh, to date. Out of the nine, I've submitted six. Uh, the other three, uh, I just couldn't do it for various reasons. Either my body failed me um, or I just wasn't mentally prepared for um what was in store and so I've learned every single time and but the advantage uh, with doing all of these is you learn how your body copes in in, in various scenarios um, and so I think that's the advantage that I have right now had I attempted Everest last year I'm actually very doubtful that I would have submitted um, I, the experience that I've acquired over the past uh, 18 months has, has given me so much more uh, confidence in attempting this one so it's almost the case when the student's ready, the teacher appears, and, and the timing has to be right. It's just weird how everything's sort of lined up. Uh, if people want to follow your journey, are, are you are you sort of logging it online? Are you blogging about it? Are you writing about it? How, how can people stay in touch with you and, and follow this journey over the next year and, and a bit? I'm on Twitter. I've got it's my my handle is at Katlaholitel, um, and I'm also if you go to Twitter, you'll find my URL to my uh, blog, which is Katlahol.litel at Tumblr. Um, Com. So those are the two mainly. I'm hopefully going to now start sort of promoting myself more now that I know that this can happen. Fantastic. Katejo, thank you so much for coming through today. It's been wonderful catching up again. I want to wish you all the best on this incredible journey that you are undertaking. I've got massive respect for you and I, and I can't wait to follow it and, and, and see how you progress and, and want to wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me. You're most welcome.